This episode is different, um, just a disclaimer at the front, it's still going to be family friendly, all ages, um, but we're going to be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, what it is to be a human in 2020, and honestly a lot about kind of culture and the future and Generation Z. We touch on a lot of different topics, you know, as a, a white person who hasn't had to deal with much, you know, I haven't had much adversity in my life, things have gone pretty smoothly. I honestly thought racism was over when I was like in elementary school and uh, didn't really notice that things were not okay until, you know, college or maybe a little bit after college, honestly, which is embarrassing to say, but uh, hey, I'm okay with showing some vulnerability. Uh, and this year has really uh, opened my eyes towards what's actually happening out there and how much more I need to do to be a part of that. So hopefully, if your eyes aren't already open, this can do a part of that. Just give us a chance, okay? Honestly, we come away with a very positive uh, message throughout, honestly. It's not, it's not all doom and gloom. I know there's a lot of serious stuff that's gone down and I don't want to make light of that or you know the people who have been affected by COVID-19 or by the protests um, or honestly you know police brutality there's all kinds of negative things that have happened but I kind of think we're, we're having a bit of a breakthrough moment as a culture and as a planet really so yeah this is a very important episode you can also find the transcript for this episode on amusementsparks.com if you're concerned about um, sharing this with, you know, anyone who might be a more sensitive listener. Feel free to check out the transcript at amusementsparks.com. Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and I have two super passionate guests who've actually both been on Amusement Sparks before designing theme parks. Uh, but we're here today to talk about kind of dismantling racism or, or living through 2020 or whatever we can try to do to get out of this uh, current situation into a more progressive, more safe uh, future. Hopefully, you know, our descendants are listening to this episode. They're like, man, they were like really, you know, in it back then. It's just, it's so crazy. It's such a like passionate topic that it gets hard for me to talk about sometimes. I'm also not super qualified being a white guy over here <laughs> coming from an extreme place of privilege. So I brought in two specialists who I'm super, super uh, interested in. Big fan of both of your work. Sam Wright is on my left, so we'll start there. Wright is on the left. That's kind of fun. Uh, but he is Sam versus Sam on YouTube. <laughs> He's he's the host of uh, Metal Gear Monday's podcast. Uh, he was on our Metal Gear theme park episode, and Sam's just a really thoughtful, jovial, fun guy, but he also has this like strain of wisdom you can kind of tell behind his voice. He's doing a lot of thinking back there, but it's amazing to me to see like when the going's been getting tough these last couple weeks, he has just like completely shifted gears into like becoming an absolute leader and, and teacher with like this very powerful grace about him and it's been like super moving and like several of your videos have made me cry and thank you for doing that um, <laughs> well, <laughs> but sam how's it going i've never been called a specialist before in my life so i appreciate that kindness yeah it's going good man yeah been an interesting couple of weeks <laughs> it's been an interesting uh, year yeah. this uh 2020 this, this has been quite a decade i think so um <laughs> but uh yeah i'm doing about as good as i can be i'm honestly kind of frustrated with the shows I follow and the creators I follow who haven't addressed this and are still just like pumping out episodes like regular. I'm like kind of annoyed by that, kind of hurt by that. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you in a different timeline than the rest of us? Like, how are you just mm -hmm. going on like normal? Let me also introduce Godsville. Sorry, this is a <laughs> messy start. But no, no, no. <laughs> I'll get out to you guys way soon. Don't worry. Uh, so Godsville Ugwa Jr. Wow, you said it perfect.
if you just look up Godsville Ugly, I don't want people slide into your dad's DMs or whatever. You know? <laughs> I mean, he told me a few times that they have, and I'm like, really, y'all? <laughs> right? It's like, did you even look at the picture? Sorry, go ahead. Continue. You're getting the vibe from him already, I'm sure, but just like his Godsville style makes me feel at ease and like I'm just hanging out with friends and like I'm home almost, but like, you know, a friend's home where you're like actually more comfortable than like your parents' home. But uh, his history and like social skills and nerd cred are fantastic. And I don't know where you get your guests from, but you have just this magical pipeline of like super interesting, creative, nerdy folks. So like, I mean, you're a good host, don't get me wrong. But the reason I listen to That's Dope is like there's a new like shining example of humanity every episode. And it's so cool to see. So I'm excited to have you guys in the same room. This is great. Wow, I've never been so lauded before. I, I was just like, wow. My validation complex, it's surging. I feel so good. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I got to check out that uh, Metal Gear podcast because I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. So that's super tight to me. It's actually kind of sad because I, uh, I've been doing it for about five years and I, I officially uh, stepped down from hosting duties uh, very recently. Um, so um, you wow. should definitely still go listen to it. It's called Metal Gear Mondays. But um the, my friends are still doing it, but uh, but yeah, I uh, took a step back and started focusing on my YouTube channel. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm doing. Thank you. Congratulations for you know. It sounds like you're doing some huge things, and I'm excited to see that. And also, Andrew, thank you so much for the introduction. Absolutely. That was glowing. <laughs> well, sure. I'm, I mean, I'm beaming for that. You know? <laughs> I needed some way to have you guys on this show, like in this RSS feed, and then I'll just like step out of the way. I have like questions. I've been like turning this over and trying to figure out what can I do as just privileged little white boy over here, creator. Um, and you both have like been making content that's been inspiring to me. Like I can do something with this platform. That's not just put, you know, posting a black square or whatever. Like you can actually do something and have good conversations about this. And hopefully we can make some amount of progress. So yeah, I have a bunch of questions that I'm, you know, prepared to like be a person who asks questions or like a moderator, I think is. Yeah. 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 Before you start, I think that the, the important thing and I've said this in a lot of my other things that I do is the important thing is the trying part of it. Like it, that's, that's the whole point of like, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the privilege that you have, um, as a, as a white individual, but like you have the opportunity to help by teaching other people that are like you and not staying silent on stuff like this. So just the trying is important, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I definitely, I'd like to add on that. It's like, I appreciate you like how you even like approach this your mindset is like just being open to this whole thing you know you know it's, it means a lot you know and also like trying means so much to want to do something like during this time well you don't have to you could be like one of those guys who pumps out content no one will actually blame you but at the same time it does mean a lot when someone does want to do something and i appreciate you for for organizing this well sure thank you guys for being here like i said i, I really respect both of your your wisdom and perspective on this and Hopefully we can, you know, give something to the audience that's uh, not just complete doom and gloom. Although, you know, uh, anything that will move you and like change your heart and change your mind is going to be positive, I think. So buckle up. <laughs> uh, there you go. But yeah, my first question, what do, you, what do you call this movement and what's kind of the destination of it? I've been calling it the Black Lives Matter movement, really. Hoping that we can focus like on black issues and topics, mainly like the arms of racism. Racism isn't just like, hey, I don't like you, black guy. 
you know it's it's really like the system that has kept black people down for so long no jobs in your places of where you live right bad housing uh food deserts where you live you know and then on top of that bad schools and on top of that police brutality constantly so it's hoping to go after all of those prongs or at least as many prongs as, as we can at a time you know we're getting money from businesses and all these charities are they're looking to help uh, establish black people finally but the main thing that we're i guess we're going for would be uh ending police brutality especially with the governments that we have right now where it's heavily conservative and you know like one of their talking points has been constantly police are great yeah how can we even like start a movement within that environment and at least that's what my observation is uh, what would you say Sam? no i definitely agree with that because uh, if you think about it for the last several hundred years, black people have been very much behind, um, and that's a very kind way of putting it. And we've made hmm. steps over those several hundred years to improve the conditions of the black person in this society that we live in, but we're still not there yet. And so one of my big talking points has always been that Black Lives Matter is three, it's three words that mean what they mean in and out of context. And it's literally just to get everybody to the same level. So it's not, we like not matters more, not matters less, just matters. We want to make it so that that's true because it's kind of, it's kind of not right now. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. And so it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we need a movement to make that happen, but we do and we have it. So that's what, that's what I think it's about. I have a question or a kind of follow up to that. I remember the first time I heard the phrase Black Lives Matter, like this was several years ago, and my response was to like, yes, and it like, yes, and so do all minorities and all, you know, the white people matter too. all lives matter, like naively, not realizing that that's obviously problematic. Inherently, by trying to say, yes, that's true. But let's talk about this other thing. You're like putting the first thing down. Once we have achieved as many of our goals as possible, those different prongs you were talking about, God's will, then then we can like worry about additional issues. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like almost immediately on social media, since George Floyd was killed, um, other movements and other minority groups like are kind of jumping in and saying Black Lives Matter and our little subculture matters too. And not saying that they don't, but I just felt like so many of these like social media posts that were like almost like cashing in on or like trying to ride the wave of Black Lives Matter or say we matter too. And I'm not trying to say any of these smaller groups don't matter because they're small, because like that's kind of how we got here in the first place is by not thinking about the little guy, so to speak, or the you know smaller minority. But that's just something that's bothered me whenever anyone tries to tinker with it or modify it in any way. It's kind of um, seemed problematic to me. But then again, I don't really have much of a perspective on it. I've just been like irked by that and trying to figure out why that bothers me so much. But what are you guys thoughts on that? Like the additional movements trying to kind of jump on with Black Lives Matter. I personally, I would say I agree like where it irks me too, where like if someone tries to qualify it, you know, it just sort of is like, yeah, but it's not as important as the and part. It's more like a but, like this second thing is really more important. Uh, And then like to the second point of like other movements trying to like join in on it. We've seen it before too, like for example, like with the feminist movement where, you know, like it might have black points, but then the black points were 
sort of use to get more traction for their own movement and only for their own movement, you know? Um, and I think everyone's afraid of like, oh, if no one's paying attention to my movement right now, then they'll never pay attention to it again. And especially for black people, we're very afraid of that because we've actually seen it. Whereas other movements have gotten some traction and we haven't, we're still operating from the nineties right now, you know, we're still operating from 2014, uh, protests that were going on you know like unfortunately i'm reading articles on time or the atlantic that are from 2015 addressing the past thing that can be very much used today like sam said it best i think like where it was we matter just as much as you guys right you know unfortunately we haven't been shown that we even matter you know like is we have the state sanctioned law that sort of like allows us to be put down you know and talk down to and so many more things is all codified unfortunately i think the the sensitivity comes from the fact that it's very clear that it's systemic and it's been happening for such a long time to say something like all lives matter to somebody who's saying black lives matter is to ignore the struggles and the plights and everything that took us to get to where we are now it it hurts especially because like people will use it maliciously they will and they do and they know what they're doing but it it does hurt when you see people that you know and are supposed to love you and understand you say it as well and maybe they don't quite know what they're saying i'm biracial and so i've had to have difficult conversations with the other side of my family that maybe doesn't quite understand as much and like that's kind of what i think it is it's just ignoring the difficulty and the fact that we need to fix it that's the thing about it is that if we fix the system for black people we fix the system for everyone you know what I mean? Honestly, yeah. So that's why I think it, it's it's very important. I do want to bring up too that like currently in June is Pride Month, and there is a couple other like su- subsets too. Like I've seen Black Trans Lives Matter uh, as as an attachment to it, and things like that. I think those are important because a lot of people forget those things too. But I think there's a lot of wide wide extensions that really don't do any service to what's going on, and it's important to note where those are coming from. Yeah, I guess like how sincere, like also like the other people are trying to be. Are they saying it as an attachment or are they saying it to shout down? Mm -hmm. And if they're an attachment, are they doing it in a way that works with the the established um, movements or are they doing it like in a way to take advantage Mm -hmm. of in a way, I guess? It's all about context at the end. Mm -hmm. The ones that really irked me just kind of felt like this person already was posting Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then like, you know, things started exploding and they just kept with their regular schedule like oh let me give my little commentary on this let me just solve this problem for you guys it's it's wednesday so i'm gonna post anyway it just seemed so tasteless and like tone deaf like are do you know what what is happening and like how big this is and i think a lot of that comes from a place of of ignorance or selfishness maybe and if you're not really paying attention to it and you're just seeing some hashtags start to show up it's like maybe it doesn't feel that big or doesn't like you know get into your heart or whatever if you came from a place where you kind of grew up with let's say you have, you have black friends or like you thought racism was kind of over growing up and you're like well this will probably just calm down and then you know everything will be fine and happy like by like christmas time we'll be everything will be good um i can just like keep going about my regular day and like that's not the way things change like we can't just accept the status quo i'm so excited that it's still happening and that it's got some sustained 
change and that it is kind of escalating to a level that hasn't happened, at least in my lifetime, um, that I've been aware of. Like, I think this is a real moment for change, which is super, you know, exciting. It's also extremely difficult and we're all exhausted, I'm sure. The other thing about it, too, is you have to push past your, quite frankly, human desire to enjoy things the way that they are. Because I think everybody, everybody in some way, shape or aspect is very much wired to not enjoy change. Like, I don't like change. Change bothers me a lot sometimes. But um, I think that's a lot of the other reason, too. And like, if you see you see those creators and, and those content producers that that react the way that they do and they post the way that they do and it irks you and it irks me, too. It's it's that thing at the back of your brain that's like I this is too much for me to handle right now and I think it's important for everybody um, to push past that because we need that to happen and and it's very easy to tell when a creator or somebody is posting and it's genuine versus when it is what you pointed out Andrew where it's it's very easy to tell and to look at the other people who are posting that like kind of bothersome way it's just about pushing past that barrier in their head and they they need people to talk to them and like help them get past that point. Cause it's, it's clear that they are posting and somewhere in them, they support what's happening. It's just that they need that extra push to really like break out and be for it, you know, and like be a part of it. I mean, that's definitely the nice way of also saying what you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mean, it's, yeah. You know, I, I would go with more of the tone. Like it is also like selfish too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do need that extra push. Maybe they don't really understand what's happening uh, and they haven't had like the outlets to even ask those questions. Maybe. But, you know, like, so I would say, unfortunately, like the problem with celebrities, you know, sort of giving us this lip service, even just doing like their square for one day and then going back to normal is that is like, that's not what we need. You know, we're not even like money for sure is important, but like that's not even the thing. It's more like a true, genuine amplification. Like, are you really for this or are you just trying to make it about you again? Right. Are you really for this or are you trying to save face for your sponsors? You know, who probably already even joined on Black Lives Matter. Are you really for this or are you saying like they're like, hey, everybody, let's just get along. You know, sounding tone deaf, you know, not adding anything to the conversation extra. That reminds me of that video. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was that video of like all of those like white celebrities. I, I take responsibility. It's like, cool. Yeah. What are you doing about it? <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad you're saying it, but. Oh, well, I won't let anyone say racist things around me again. Cool. You know? cool. Like, okay. Well, oh, boy, thanks, man. <laughs> you saved us. You Racism know? is solved, everybody. Handshakes, uh, handshakes. Right? I won't be like super like mean to them mm-hmm. like because I know the, the internet ripped them up. They already got their, mm-hmm. their lickings. And for me, at least like the, the sentiment was nice. I, I at least am appreciating more nice sentiment nowadays. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, well, now that the, the level of these protests have gotten so far, it's like, let's not ask for the normal, you know, like or like the minimum lip service anymore. Let's really go for it. You know, we're seeing that actually going for it works so don't act like before you know imagine if every one of those people took just even a little bit more effort like imagine how much further it could be pushed you just take like a like a little step forward and then each step forward gets easier and easier as you do it because everybody else is around you is doing it as well and it's just it's it's weighing those things in your brain where it doesn't take a lot to get started it's just it's kind of like the the idea of pushing a boulder 
like it's hard yeah, to push snowball. yeah it's snowball if you push the if you if you push a boulder down a hill like yeah it's hard to get the boulder but once it's going down the hill it's just gonna keep going you know mm-hmm. it's all momentum and the movements already has like quite the momentum like we've never seen this before you know like where we've gotten multi-million and billion dollar corporations to even pledge money you know not even just to say something to pledge money right multiple countries around the world are having their own movements you know all 50 states are doing their thing the movements are still going on we're getting such attention that we've never gotten before such momentum that's even getting legislation done it's sort of like there's not so much to be afraid of anymore because a lot of people are with it you know like in like the internet i think like has been like such a helper like as never before so maybe that's what's different about this protest wake up all the teachers come to teach a new way maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say they're the ones who's coming up and the world is in their hands when you teach the children to jump the very best you can The other thing, too, is I think Gen Z also is stepping up in like a very like important way, which I think a lot of it is just like a lot of past attitudes has always been like, what world are we leaving behind for our children, you know, and like the future generations. And I think it's important to look at that, too. But at the same time, I think a lot of the reason why it's stalled in the past is because the generations that are about to inherit the earth don't step up as hard as they should. And this next generation, this upcoming generation is actually taking the ball and stepping up and doing things. Like I know 14 year olds have organized like protests and done stuff. Like it's crazy to see like, and, and, and it's giving everybody else energy, which is like, it's awesome to see. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Maybe it is because of the internet, like, where they get to see each other doing Mm -hmm. it. I mean, TikTok has been massive in this, right? And it's so easy to see, you know, just accidental TikTok of Black Lives Matter, right? And that's getting spread all over Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And also, there's no distractions, you know? Like, everyone has energy and they're bored at home. It's all cooped up, you know, unless you're, like, a huge nerd like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anime and video games all day. (laughs) Right? But... You know, like I would say, like that's the ingredients for this movement have never been so ripe mm-hmm. before, you know. And one of the bigger unfortunate things is that there's a pandemic happening. But you know, luckily I think many people hopefully will be okay. We're gonna see. But either way, like even doctors, you know, have said this is such a public health issue that these protests and this movement should continue because it's just that important to honestly helping large swaths of people more than staying inside you know yeah we get this issue solved we get to move on yeah, you've seen like videos of healthcare professionals standing outside of hospitals like applauding the protesters as they're walking down the street like it like people are on board <laughs> yeah worldwide worldwide on board in multiple segments of the justice system on board it, you know it's just i think the most wild thing though is seeing what the police are doing to protesters mm. on video especially like when they know they're on video i don't really get that part like it, it's wild but hey it, you know like it, it's finally like most of the world is getting to see what we have been knowing for so long you know uh even with the rodney king uh beatings that happened 
in 92, you know, a lot of what black people were saying back then was, wow, they got it on video. Mm-hmm. You know, now people are going to see like what we're up to now, you know, with the internet is just, it's so apparent. You can't ignore it unless you are really trying to ignore it. I was going to say, like, I wonder about TikTok versus like uh, older generations, like generations older than us, who I think we're all three millennials. I think older generations kind of get their news from one specific source that's kind of like already saying what they want to hear. Whereas maybe the younger generation is more social media and just kind of less in control of what's going to come up when they start scrolling or when that TikTok video ends, like what's coming up? Like Mm -hmm. it's up to, you know, the algorithms or whatever that gives it to them. So it's a more like universal source of news and seeing what kind of goes viral. They basically are paying attention to trends a lot more instead of just whatever's on TV or, or whoever they're following on Twitter or whatever. TikTok is so weird. I'm too old for TikTok, but I, I, like, I tried, Same, I, I tried making one and it's, it's, it was so hard for me to figure out what, what to do. I was just like, I'm, I'm done. It's such a weird thing because <laughs> It's almost subliminal in a way, the way that TikTok is presented, because it's just so quick to swipe and look at a thing. Because like I'll be watching TikTok and I'll see like, oh, this was very funny, and you'll swipe and there's a dance video, and then oh, here's a thirst trap video, and then oh, here's social justice, and it's just like that. It's just very easy to consume that kind of stuff, and it's different from Vine because Vine was very specifically chunked out into six seconds, and you can't do a whole lot with that. But with TikTok, you can do up to a minute and, and it's all very easy to consume very quickly. And so I think that's another re- that's a reason why it's been so like important and like helping to push push what's going on. Like TikTok is perfect. I want it personally. I want it to die at first. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You know, I am really grateful that I didn't die because, you know, you guys remember back when it was cringy. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like, Ugh. but once again, like one Corona, two, we did have Vine. So that like sort of like taught many people like how to go about it. And then like, I guess, you know, with all these content creators sort of showing people like how to like do videos even better. And then TikTok makes it easy to make videos. So, um, you know, the quality is it has skyrocketed, especially with Corona virus, where people are cooped in and they're creative output has to go someplace. You know, like now it's just so easy for anybody to be a content creator thanks to TikTok and for it to go viral so easily. I mean, how many of you guys have seen TikTok stuff blow up on everything else? You know, oh, I yeah. still use Facebook. I still use Instagram. You still use Twitter. Man, it's funny that you, 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 when you say we're millennials, I was like, crap, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> right? I joined Twitter 11 years ago. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But I did get a 12-year anniversary with a friend on Facebook like uh, yeah. this past Saturday. And I was like, wow, 12 years on Facebook? Yeah. That's crazy. There's an app called Time Hop that I do that shows you posts from like back in the day. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm still, I'm like getting like cringy like Facebook posts from when I was in high school. And I'm just like, why was I like this? I wish that I wasn't like this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I would also have to say Gen Z is like cooler. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, that's not something I like to say. I, yeah. I don't like to say that. Like, my sister's Gen Z, I think. Yeah. Technically, she's nine years younger than me. She's just honestly cooler than me. Like I'm cooler than her, technically. But, like, she just has like <laughs> technically. Like, technically, like I have, I've done more things, you know. But like, cause she's just younger than me. But <laughs> that's like, this is like, how do I explain to the next generation that I'm cool, but I'm just an adult? <laughs>
Every time I talk to her, it's just like, hey, young kids. And I'm like, that'll work. That's how people talked to me back in my day, and I liked it. But <laughs> Gen Z, like, has been through so much already. You know, like, they've been through multiple world wars. They've been through multiple economic crashes. These guys, their prom has just been robbed, you know, and all of their traditions have been robbed. I mean, we're asking if college is useful anymore, you know. So their coolness comes from being hurt so many times i would have to say you know and also the internet's not a nice place inherently so like it's they it's sort of been conditioned i guess maybe that's another factor into this so because um, i do agree like gen z has been key in making this movement go forward still that's amazing that's very true do you think like each generation gets more self-confident than the one before or like they are allowed to be themselves more because there's more freedoms. You know, they can come out earlier if they're, you know, LGBTQ plus. Like, you can be yourself and figure out your pronouns a lot earlier because the culture is progressing. Does that is that real? I would say that part's real for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, honestly, I always say, like, I would think our age and, like, you know, like, these recent ages have been more enlightened, honestly. Like, I would honestly say that where it's, like, it's no longer about just work you know get married have kids and die you know hopefully pass on your farm you know right now we're you know hopefully right you know like honestly like hopefully like they live to like 30 and they're like wow that was a good life i'm so happy yeah. <laughs> now now you know we're getting started at 30 and and not even like get started on how to get a farm and how to you know get kids it's now like how can we impact the world and i would say like before, like we're, we're lucky to have libraries and dial up. Now they get gigabit internet and multiple libraries and just constant information. And it's all in this little square. Like it's this just mobile uh, computer. Well, like I remember reading some of those, like the, the technology in this is like more advanced than the technology that took us to the moon in the first place. Like it's. Just, and yet it crashes like, when I open more than six apps. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You have to buy a new one. That's why they've got they planned that planned obsolescence. <laughs> I think these new generations are more privileged and have more of an ability to go further than before. Uh, and especially now that we're even more enlightened, we're questioning where do we get our information from and what makes it credible. And that's a, another level of like intelligence building, I guess, right? Like how do we know that the information that we are perceiving is credible? That seems like a skill the generation above us does not have at all. Absolutely not my favorite TV show said this. And then they text us how many memes, you know, with uh, like uh, the, the apocalyptic conspiracy theory memes. Actually, mom, I love you, but you got to stop that. I think a lot of like the generation above us is, I think, trying, but I think it's very much like it's gotten better as it goes down. Because I think about like wokeness, right? And I think about like where I'm at and where the next generation is at. And then I think, well, what the. One day, if I do have kids, like, I know how I am 
and how I will react to like what they want to do and who they are. So imagine what they're going to do with their kids and so on and so forth and like how right. it's going to progress in the future. And I would say like on behalf of the kids, I used to teach high school and I know that those kids, a lot of them like were going through some pretty rough stuff about kind of questioning who am I, what's the meaning of life, like all the stuff that I feel like previous generations, like by the time they started thinking about that stuff, they already had kids and like, eh, I'll deal with that when I'm dead. Like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Like kids, I feel like kids these days are going through that, like having some like serious, you know, mental health crises and like anxiety because they're figuring out these like things humans have always pondered and philosophized about. Uh, and they're figuring it out like by the time they like, you know, leave high school, Man. which is amazing. And like they, they've been through it and they've kind of molted and like started to become butterflies already. Be better adjusted people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that's really hard. I'm not trying to like say it's easy to be them, but it's pretty great what the outcome is. We just decided at some point that we now we have the time, you know, and I think that's that was the critical difference. That's a good point. And also, I would say like I, I would think like is because we started talking to each other a lot more that we're just sort of like, how do you feel? And then we we're like, wait, we're not supposed to feel like that. And then and then we, I guess we just sort of gave it words, you know, like we actually like start naming these things and we're like, oh, that hurts somebody. Let's stop doing that because it hurts that guy. And I think it's like sort of globalization. Like globalization has just skyrocketed. I mean, I'm talking with you guys. You, we're so connected, like where it feels like we're, honest, we're in the same room, you know, and like and we're all from different cultures, too. Like we're able to like understand each other a little bit better, too. It's so much easier to look into the lives of other people and be sympathetic to other people now that it, there's literally no excuse not to at this point. There's no excuse not to. If you look at like racism and all of those bad things that happen, it's all learned behavior. You can unlearn that behavior. I'm, I'm friends with people who grew up in uh, less than savory communities and families who used to be a particular way and unlearned that behavior and became better and i've been seeing all these posts on facebook and on social media about like people who like when they were 18 they got like the confederate flag tattoo on their shoulder or something like that and then they're getting it covered up because they have found themselves and they learned and they improved and they educated themselves and they got better there's literally no excuse for anybody it doesn't matter how old or young you are there's no excuse for not being better everybody can learn behavior it's about like not accepting that's just how they grew up or they were just born learning that stuff. Like there's no reason to accept that, accept that as an excuse anymore. Absolutely. You can teach yourself anything, you know, with, with social media and with being able to connect with people like all over the world, kind of like you said, God's will, like if you had been born the way you are now, like a hundred years ago, you might not have any friends who are into the same stuff as you. There's no podcasts about it or anything like that. Like you might just feel like you're a total weirdo because you like to wear, you know, pantyhose or whatever. But then like now there's like huge communities and tons of people who will support you in that. And you can be, you know, strong and be yourself. And like, I don't know, there's, you just have access to so many more people and you're not just going to be a copy of your parents or like people are in your local community. It's more, I think it's globalization really. And social media, it's, it's a crazy, huge impact. I'm happy that I don't have to be like my parents. Like don't get me wrong. I love my parents, but you know, at the same time, I'm hoping that I can be better than them. And then I'm literally hoping that my kids, when I eventually get them, if I get them, you know, knock on wood, will, you know, <laughs> be better than me. And I think this is like sort of the first time that like we sort of understand what does it mean to be better than us too. I would say finally, like we're starting to like also be like less material like as generations, like where 
you know, that was the goal. The house and the picket fence and, you know, like the secure job that paid really well. That doesn't mean as much to us, like younger people, as, you know, it did to older generations. So I also like our values have changed a lot. Um, we, we definitely have changed our mind on like what's important to us. And we're sort of saying that like what's important to us is this connection and enjoying life and hopefully enjoying life together. At least as my perspective yeah and i think that's true I, I always say like i can only ever speak for myself but because of how connected we are it's very easy to look at social media look at the world look at people and see like okay this is a very popular thought and this is what a lot of people think and feel comfortable in expressing that thing and and Goswell said about hoping that your kids are better than you i think that's really critical because like even if you look at yourself and you feel like I'm good, I'm punching, I'm moving, I'm going, you can always do something more. You can always learn something else and always improve yourself. And I think we should all be striving towards doing that no matter who we are. Like you can always learn something new and you can always improve yourself and be better about just about anything. Yeah. It's also cool to see how we're shaping the world and the workforce and so many things by just not being willing to accept like hey, this is what other people are doing that I don't agree with, but, you know, it's a job or like, yeah, I have to live in this town, so I have to work at the factory or at the, you know, slaughterhouse or whatever. It's like you can you can do the thing you want to do and, uh, I don't know, you just don't have to just accept things the way that they currently are, which I think is maybe why this Black Lives Matter movement is taking off so well. I do think there was like some built-up tension from COVID, maybe that helped to kind of fuel the fire and people were like ready to get out there and get active and do something or or donate where they're like, you know, I, I've i been saving up money. I've been waiting for like a sign or whatever. And like, this is a pretty clear moment for that. And you know, the TikTok kids are doing amazing stuff with, you know, buying tickets to the, the Tulsa <laughs> rally and all that stuff. Like they're, it's so cool that they're just not willing to just deal with it and just like go about their regular life or the tradition of what other people think they should do. And they're like, no, I'm going to do this my way, what I think is right. And the world is starting to become that image. It's starting to become that better vision of what's possible instead of just the way it was destined to be or whatever. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm feeling like really hopeful. I'm like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I actually had a couple of friends ask me right around the time I was starting should I feel bad? Like white friends, I should say. Um, should I feel bad for like not going to protests? Like as an example, and the way that I explained it to them was like, no, I don't think you should because protests about racial inequality, very specifically, have a way of escalating, as you have seen um, in the news, and so there's a lot of risk that can be associated with going out and protesting and marching for Black Lives Matter. And the way that I explained it was that you have to calculate within yourself how much risk you were willing to put onto yourself as far as physical risk, because one, you never know if something like that's going to break out Two, We are still in the middle of a global pandemic. So you have to kind of like, and it's a very unique time for that. So you have to kind of gauge that within yourself. But if you decide that you are not going to go, you have a responsibility to use your platform to speak up and donate and like talk about it and say the things and really just be very vocal about moving the needle on it. That's the other thing too, is that there are so many different ways to help and to push it forward because there's always going to be people that are going to go protest. Like that's just kind of how, how it is. But 
there's other things that you can be doing in lieu of that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Just as you said, you know, with the Tulsa, you know, the, the K-pop fans, right? They're very actionable. And there's multiple ways to take action. Like, this is honestly a war. There's all different types of soldiers. Now, everyone's out there in the field, you know, and... You know, even if the pandemic wasn't happening, you know, which, you know, is a very excusable thing because, I mean, we have been in our houses for three months. But, you know, if you're brave enough to go out there, awesome. But, you know, if you can't, there's so many more ways to participate and to help, you know, just as Sam said, you know, like using your platform. Maybe you're not a person who talks a lot, you know. Maybe, you know, maybe you only talk to individuals. Have that conversation, that hard conversation with individuals, you know. Donate money. Really support black businesses, you know. Really understand the history. Like, the history is key, you know. Now, I'm happy that everyone now is understanding the history about Juneteenth and Tulsa massacres, you know. They're seeing, the, you know, what has been happening to black people for so long. And that's crucial, you know, to understand then you'll feel angry just like us and you'll want to do something you'll figure out a way like there's many creative ways to be able to help out you know we definitely appreciate all this you know like seeing so many voices side with us honestly like has been the thing that has been keeping me sane you know like andrew i appreciate you you know your questions have been great you know and honestly your heart is is there is with us this guy is really with us we can all see like when somebody's with it and when somebody's just trying to do it just to save face it's very easy to tell. Yeah, yeah it's, it's easy, you know, but this is like truly genuine. I truly appreciate, you know, even just this conversation, you know, like it feels pretty cathartic to just sort of talk about this. It feels cathartic to hear uh, people that are with it. We definitely have a work to do, but we're, we're on the right path. TikTok or Instagram or whatever, you just scroll through, you don't know what's going to come up. So you'll see a couple things that are like uh, empowering, uplifting, educational about the movement. And then like there'll be some huge bummer that just like sneaks in there and like just messes up your day or at least your hour. And that really sucks. Uh, not to say that we should look away or that because like, it is, a, I would say, a sign of weakness to say like, oh man, can't wait till this is over. I uh, want to, you know, get back to my normal life or whatever. Like being strong and like trying to focus on the long term is really how we can really turn the tides like now that things are starting to shift i feel like there's a an instinct to be like okay whew, we're good we made it through you know downtown is all uh, plywooded up we're safe everything's fine like now is the time to keep pushing and like not give up hope and also not become a total nervous wreck uh which yeah this the past month has been like one of the hardest months of my life uh even though there's all these empowering things going on you know it's just like I've never had this much like anxiety uh, before because it's such a weird feeling. There's so many things going on and like, I want to be active. I want to make a difference, but I don't feel like I should be speaking right now. Like, man, it's wild. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like with the anxiety, like I would say mental health is absolutely crucial for everybody. You know, it's like, I would say it's been traumatic for sure for black people, but at the same time, I would say it's traumatic for allies and everyone that's been with it, you know, like where, you know, maybe this is the first time that someone has seen such a thing. I can imagine that's really scarring, you know. You know, maybe this isn't the first time that someone has seen such a thing. But at the same time, 
it was still such a gruesome thing to see, you know, and and we're still in a pandemic and we're not handling a pandemic well, you know, it's just it's just been just onslaught, onslaught, you know, like you can name like a you know, a handful of good things that have happened this month, but you know, at least on like the national or worldwide scale, you know, but I don't blame anyone that feels bad. I've noticed my feeds are kind of like they're not going back to normal per se, but the normal stuff is starting to come back in. And I think that's totally okay because everybody needs a break. So I think if you burn out, if you like get exhausted with it, you're not going to want to do anything with it anymore. And that's more dangerous than, than anything is that we lose people because they're so exhausted and they're so burnt out by what they're seeing that they just decide they want to look away again. And I think it's perfectly valid and acceptable to be like, I need to take a break from social media. I need to allow myself to have fun. I need to give myself good things now. Um, and that's crucial. I've done it. Like I took a couple of days off of, off of all social media. Like I literally deleted my apps. I didn't want to look at it. And then I didn't want the temptation of looking at it. And then when I was ready, I downloaded them again and I came right back to it. And that is an incredibly valuable thing to do for yourself. And it's an, an incredibly valuable thing and important thing to recognize when that is starting to happen so that you can take steps to prevent it and, and be nice to yourself. But you need to be nice to yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to lose it. Yeah, absolutely crucial. Like, yeah, well, I mean, the burnout is real. You know, everyone had already been feeling stressed and, you know, anxious already beforehand. So. I don't really blame that, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely we do need to keep at it. Too. Like that's that's the other part. Like where it's like, yes, let's have fun, give yourself some breaks, definitely turn off the social media. Don't don't drink the news all you know, this whole time. Yeah, that's I think a thing that unfortunately like we all did. I mean, we're all just sort of scanning, especially like once this protest started. Um, you know, we kept drinking from the fire hose that was the news, and we kept drinking. You know, seeing all the police brutality, it's important to see the brutality, but at the same time, don't chug the hose of it because it's like you're going to drown. Like it's <laughs> Yeah. Now we know that there's danger out there. You don't need to make yourself depressed by just watching it every day and, you know, getting in in that trench every day like that. So initially I had a thought of like, let's just kind of sprint through this and get to a point where like there's enough of a vote, enough of a change to where things take themselves from there but then it's like no it's more like a marathon so it's okay to like not be pushing a hundred percent and like putting everything you have into like every day trying to make the biggest change you can think about like the long-term goal and like where is the finish line for you you can stop and take a nap and take a vacation or whatever you got to do watch a movie to get your mind off it and get your mind right but i don't even think it's a marathon either i think it's just like a lifestyle like a new habit like we just need to add this to be part of the routine you know it's not like just a little like fad diet thing that's going to be like 30 days or 90 days it's like why don't we just start paying attention to everyone who is underrepresented and who is having a moment to create positive change for you know the, the future just always be looking out for that like i don't think it should change once this hashtag stops being at the top of twitter or whatever it's like i feel like it should just be a learned behavior hopefully going forward forever so yes, give yourself some time, like don't burn out. That would be like the worst thing that could happen, really. Like any action is good, but if it's sustained, if you're doing it for 10 minutes a day for the rest of your life, that's way better than doing it for eight hours right now and then being done forever. Facts, facts, facts. You said, I think the best way, like where 
you know, like one, it is a marathon, but then two, it's also not even a marathon. It's a lifestyle. Um, and I, I, for, for this movement, this particular movement that's going on is definitely a marathon. Like, even if we're talking about political action, it's going to take a while for that political action to happen. I always want to impress this upon people because I won't dive too deep into like the politics of it all. I know who I'm voting for in November, but you know, that's between you and you, but it's important because if you look at it, like we don't have great options in November for president, but it's so much more than that. Like a lot of people long-term. think yeah, long term, exactly. A lot of people think that you have to attack it from the top down when really like you can start attacking it from the roots and local. the bottom, the local bottoms up. A third of all Senate seats are up every two years, including this election in November. And all, the senators are almost more important than the president. In, in most things, senators, local local government, um, bylaws and stuff that are being enacted in your community, like judges, those, DAs. Yes. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Those are the things like from that local level and up that are going to help affect change at the top where you're focused on. And so many people are focused on Biden, Trump, Biden, Trump. Vote where your heart tells you to vote. But like there's so much more underneath it that needs to change before. Like we have a a certifiably broken election process for president it's just like it's just the truth and we have a lot of really broken systems in our country that can't be fixed until we go roots up because that's where it has to start and that's that's critically important so i always impress upon people that even if you're not super enthused about the idea of voting for president that's not all that's there yeah, it's not the main focus shouldn't be the main focus really mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's so much more uh and yeah i mean i wholeheartedly agree like where you know, politically, that's where like the power is going to come long term. You know, mm-hmm. that's what's going to get the legislation. I mean, we still talk about, you know, the acts of 1964 and 1968. Right. And we talk about the amendments, you know, and that can only happen from governments that even feel like they would want to listen to us. You know, right now we have a government that really isn't going to try to listen to us because they're trying to talk to their base who wants things to go back to what it was. You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have to think like long term and with the, the running analogy. Yeah, run with us. You know, well, unfortunately, we've been running this our whole lives. But, you know, at the same time, we're so happy that we have people that are willing to to run with us or walk with us. You know, it's just at least like, are you going the same way that we're going or are you trying to go back to what it used to be? Right. Are you trying to stop us from even running? One of the videos that I did on my channel was specifically designed to help us like one specific friend who we, I was having conversations with them and they wanted to go to the protest, but I wasn't convinced that their heart was in the right place and their reasoning for doing that was correct. And so I wanted to open a dialogue with that person and be like, hey, here's what you need to think about and you have to be in it for the right reasons. And you're welcome to come with us, but you are not welcome to slow us down. It's very important to note that like, yeah, run with us, run alongside us. But like, if you're going to, if you're going to hang back, we're going to keep on going without you. Like that's super important to know. And speaking as a, an uneducated white person, uh, I think it can be kind of like intimidating in a way for me. Like I kind of thought that racism was dead. Like I didn't realize it was as big of a deal. Like I'm from a small rural town that's 99 point something percent white. And my like one black friend growing up was totally cool. And like, they didn't act like they were, you know, being oppressed. They didn't complain. They just knew that was part of life. 
you know, they're not like crying in the hallway every day, which is like something a white person does when they're discriminated against like once. Um, and so growing up, I was like, oh, racism is seriously dead because I know one person of color and they're cool and they're fine. And like they joke about race and stuff and they're like, obviously, OK, but that's just ignorance, really. It's just like saying, oh, I've got one one example of this thing and they're not outwardly expressing that you know, they're being discriminated against, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. So just for, you know, audience members or whoever can hear this, that's like, uh, feels intimidated and being like, I thought we were good. And now I'm really shaken up about like, obviously we're not good. Like this is to a new level further than it's ever been in my life. Uh, don't be an idiot, but you can definitely find resources and find people on YouTube who are talking about like, Hey, white people, uh, here's what I would recommend. Um, Sam's got several great videos, which are like, pretty transparent about like, hey, this is a good place for you to kind of start and figure out what one person's opinion is on this at least. And that's way more empowering than no people's opinions or just rolling it over in your head a bunch until until you just like burn out or give up or just like break down because you're like, I don't know what, what I can even do. Just because you're currently in a place where you feel ignorant about it doesn't mean you're going to be like that forever. Like we were talking earlier with like the TikTok kids, uh, <laughs> you can learn anything you want to. Like just Google it, do some research and then talk to your friends. And I don't mean go to the one black person at work and like tug on their sleeve and say like, hey, uh, teach me about Black Lives Matter because that is not their job. That's super irresponsible of you to assume. But there are resources online that can get you to a place of not being an idiot anymore, and then maybe you can start to make some kind of positive change that'll hopefully fulfill that need, because hopefully the audience, if you are kind of feeling ignorant about this, feels a need to do something about it instead of just bury your head in the sand. <laughs> so, guys, uh, what what kind of actions could someone take if uh, they are kind of feeling dumb about this, and they're let's say they're a white person, or they just feel like they don't know what to do right now like are there some some baby steps they can start with yeah absolutely like you said it's easy to just go on google and 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 learn stuff like just by being on the internet just by osmosis right now you're probably seeing so many different terms pop up you're you're probably seeing the tulsa race riots pop up you're probably seeing the la riots rodney king and all this other stuff pop up literally take these keywords that you're noticing like your black friends and people of color that are posting on the internet and just Google them. Like there are so many different sources, like go to like the history channel website. They have very simple breakdowns of like what these things were. And then from there you can like pick pieces and learn more and branch out and just teach yourself. And so it's, it's very easy to just Google things that you're seeing that you have questions about and say, okay, I should learn more about this because it seems like people find this important. Let me figure out what this is all about. And obviously Juneteenth was an important thing. So learn about what exactly is happening there. It's just so easy to just Google something. And I would say do that. And I think the important thing too, is to be patient with yourself. Cause again, we've been running this race for a long time. If you're just kind of now joining it, it, it's kind of like if you're in a college class and a professor is teaching and you show up on, you show up like mid semester for the first time, right? Like there's going to be a lot of work that you need to do to catch up and you can't really expect other people around you to help you do that catching up. So you have to be patient with yourself when you're trying to learn this stuff. And I think that's the most important part. And the other thing that you need to remember <laughs> that's really important is that Black people have been dealing with this for such a long time. And to a lot of those people, you 
just being there is going to be kind of an annoyance to them. And that's kind of just how it shakes out because it's been so many years of this oppression and these setbacks and all this stuff like that. So you need to keep an open mind and remember that detail and not get fed up and frustrated at it either because you need to like, because that's the whole point is you're catching up and you are trying to better yourself so that you understand where those people are coming from. That's the whole point, right? So you have to be patient with yourself and you have to, you have to keep from getting frustrated you just have to remember that stuff. Man, that's, yeah, that's really well said. (laughs) (laughs) Like I like dancing, right? And people always ask me, Hey, teach me how to dance, right? But, you know, there's so much more that, like, I still need to learn for even dancing. And it's sort, of, it's sort of annoying for the person who wants me to teach them how to dance, but they don't even know what a beat is, right? Then they quit. They quit when it gets too hard, right? And it's just sort of like, well, then you just unfortunately wasted my time. And I think that's sort of the analogy that sort of came to me, like, with with this. But, you know, I think, like, honestly, like, we are down to teach. It's just more like, what's your, your sort of genuine willingness to like try to understand what's happening and get started and then bring up questions you know not just more like hey teach me what malcolm you know malcolm x is right it's more like come with a question of like okay you know why did malcolm x say this right or why did martin luther king do this you know um and like educated questions too you know from the right sources unfortunately like we've seen school books didn't teach you know slavery correctly apparently you know like they're like oh they were just you know they wanted to work there right we've seen that unfortunately from some sources right it's sort of like understand like where your sources come from do they accurately talk about like our struggles correctly because maybe your understanding is from a skewed place right and don't get me wrong both places are going to be skewed but there is a, a correct skewed place our skewed bias you know like what has happened to us right it's sort of like pay attention like where are you getting your stories from are you getting it from educated people who know our history if you want to read about malcolm x read the autobiography of malcolm x you know and then read people like who are going to give it a fair shake so you can really understand what's happening and then then you can like go to your black friends better and it shows that you are being genuine and sincere and actually trying to understand uh the struggle I guess, like, for people who want to even know where to go, I would honestly say, like, um, like go to NPR. You know, NPR, like, has been, like, a source that has been really good to us and has a lot of black speakers. Uh, there's even a podcast called Code Switch, you know, like, which might be able to get you started well. You know, I listen, I'm from Texas, and one of my favorite podcasts from NPR is called Think. Uh, and they've had many uh, good 40-minute talks about topics all different types of topics but like they bring in very good uh speakers who i would actually say would be great first starting places to go listen to there's uh ibrahim x kendi right he's a great speaker tanahisa coates very educated people who have done a lot of research on this topic and i would say those would be good starting places to go learn that's awesome thank you that's like that's the other critical thing too when you think about like please my black friends teach me about this stuff is that we're still teaching ourselves at the end of the day as well. I cuz like in my early 20s like I didn't want to know anything for anything. I was like who who needs this and like now I can't like get enough of it. We're also still learning and we're also still improving ourselves as well. And so, you know, there's always something to learn and if if we can do it, you can do it, you know that's absolutely crucial uh to to note like where it's like we're still learning this stuff too you know like we're not experts i didn't get my education in in this and also i don't even really even blame people like if they they hadn't known things because 
like I said earlier, like we've all sort of gotten this sort of skewed learning, like where we, we might not have even learned it. We just learned about what the Tulsa massacres were, really. I mean, I knew about Juneteenth. I knew about the Tulsa massacres, but that became that came from like deep learning. Right. I don't blame most people who didn't know about either of these issues. And also from Juneteenth, I'm from Texas. So, you know, it, it was more of a, a state thing anyways. But it's important for the whole nation to understand that just as you said andrew like the the sort of the anecdote you know like oh my black friend was doing all right you know even personally like i i'm lucky like i haven't had like very outlandish examples of racism you know like definitely like a lot of felt stuff a lot of uh covert type of stuff Mm -hmm. you know that's honestly Mm -hmm. unfortunately hard to prove as like oh because you're black this is what happened but you know you sort of feel it like unfortunately i would say like many people don't have like a lot of examples to sort of go on you know like i don't blame people for wanting to trust one friend or the one person that they see but you you know you don't might not even know like what's going on in their lives mm-hmm. you know you know you you might hear about the examples of racism and it might be baffling for you so it's important to do this education so that we can come a little bit more knowledgeable yeah. about like what these microaggressions are or what more systemic problems are. I feel like every black person has tried to do is like try to have to explain, you know, defend yourself of why this is racism and why you feel hurt and why trying to uh, assert that no, these have been infringements on my human rights. I'm trying to explain to you again why it's an infringement in human rights and why I got that you didn't, you know. It sort of sucks to always have to keep going past that. So and it's important to know too that like because of the way that black people have been beaten down in this country so much in the past, you may look at your friend and not see a problem. But guys, will brought it up earlier too, where it's just like they might just not be saying it because in the past, like, and I can say this for for myself, like I've experienced this feeling as well. The idea of being afraid to speak up for fear of consequence because it's like. It's as low as just like being pushed back and as high as like violence against yourself. You know, if you say something and speak out against something that's bothering you in that way. And so if you're from like one of those communities where like Andrew, you said 99 point something percent white and you have like that one black kid in school, I'd be afraid to say something, you know, like because you're surrounded by this very predominantly white community like especially in those situations but like in the past i've had very like anxious moments about saying something about things that made me uncomfortable and so it's important to note that like just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening in in their heart you know so yeah absolutely and i mean exactly that like where you know if you say something to the wrong person it can be violence you know it can be pushback it can be getting your job lost or somewhat discrimination you know you have to be careful you know like black people we've been unfortunately conditioned from young ages to be aware of these things you know like like how to behave in front of white parents or how to behave in front of cops we've gotten the talk uh, you know a second school yeah we've had multiple talks and unfortunate schoolings that I, I would think that like other cultures might not be aware of you know because it's just you want to prevent these things you don't want to you don't want you know the worst to happen so yeah our parents have have tried to condition us you know for our protection 
And the sad thing about it is that even that conditioning sometimes just doesn't matter, obviously, because you've seen like they're they're like children and people who are sleeping getting murdered in the same way. If you look at it, too, like, again, like that social anxiety goes from the lowest to like the top, because if you look at some of the examples, Trayvon Martin was not killed by police. He was killed by George Zimmerman, who was a citizen. Um, Ahmaud Arbery was jogging and he was killed by citizens. An example that did not end in death, thankfully, was um, Amy Cooper in um in New York with the dog where she called the police on the, the, the bird watcher that he, he was just watching birds and wanted her to follow the law. Like it's, it's just like that constant social struggle where these bad things are happening. And sometimes that conditioning doesn't work. And the other thing that I also want to impress on people too, is that it doesn't like racism doesn't just exist in the right wing. Like for the example of like, after the whole thing with Amy Cooper happened, a lot of investigation was done and you found out that, she is a registered Democrat. She voted for Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and all these people. It doesn't just exist within the other side. You have to be careful everywhere. And it's unfortunate that you do, but like, it's just, you have to constantly have your head on a swivel. It's insane. You know, like one like bad example, unfortunately, like, or it makes me sad is like thinking about like uh, the black cosplayer who got killed, mm. you know, like at a con, you know, it's just sort of like, yeah. wow, like. He, he got killed, you know, for, for being what he is, you know, and like, this is a fear that like, I feel like a lot of us have felt, I definitely have felt it like where it's like, stand out too much, call attention to yourself, you know, I mean, something bad can happen. I mean, just the Amy Cooper example is perfect. You know, we've seen examples of different FedEx employees, you know, delivery men getting police called on them for delivering to their neighborhoods, you know, it's just, is wild. Like a personal example, too, is that next Monday, I'm going to be house sitting for a friend and I had to have a uh, I had to have a conversation with her. That's like, hey, did you let your neighbors know that I'm going to be coming and watching your house so I don't get shot? You know, <laughs> like that's it's you ha like it's it's insane that we have to have these conversations with with people. But it's just it's kind of that's what that's what the movement is trying to fix right it's trying to fix the fact that we have to have those conversations and we have to worry about just existing as who we are existing you know just to be legally killed you know like that's that's the saddest thing about it all like where whatever we do could get us killed legally and you know our names disparaged you know it's, in fact i've even wondered it's like hmm, i wonder what would someone say about me if I died, you know, if the hands police, you know, in a more funny way, but at the same time, that's dark humor, right? Where we we've, we've even conditioned ourselves to sort of laugh in this pain, you know, like, whereas like, we'll find humor through it all, you know, and then we've been doing that for, for decades. I remember, um, a couple of years ago, I was with my roommate and we went to go see a movie and we came home late. It was like maybe like 1230 in the morning. And as I'm pulling up to my apartment complex, there are three police officers that are just kind of parked next to our leasing office. And my brain just went and I turned around and I went to the gas station down the streets to grab like drinks to give them time to leave. I wasn't like I wasn't drunk. I wasn't like I wasn't on anything. I was just I just had this conditioning moment where I was just like, I don't want to drive past the cops at 1230 in the morning. And it's that conditioning, right? Because it was me and my roommate, we laughed about it and we treated it like it was a joke. And then it was only after the moment had passed that I was just like, wow, dang, that's my life. Like, yeah, it's wild. 
I've never done anything legally wrong. Not that you're going to confess on the air. Sorry, I torrented. I, t- <laughs> I torrented. It's a sting operation. My wire back in the day. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> you know, but I always have that sort of fear myself when driving past a cop. I have cruise control on. What I have to be worried about? But I'm right. still worried. And mm-hmm. I don't want to get caught for anything. You know, it's like I don't want to get even the chance to, you know, for the worst to possibly happen, you know? Like maybe your tail lights out and then suddenly you're yeah. you're dead. Like leads to so much more and then boom, here we are. And I've always felt that, you know, as as long as I could drive, you know, I've always felt that fear. And I've been a good noodle. I've been the the goodest of boys, you know? <laughs> All it takes is just an itchy person and a wear your hands for mm-hmm. a situation to go. Is that, and, and And we can't be the ones that are afraid. They can be afraid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have to be the ones to calm down. Yeah. They have rights. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just so insane to me. Some people are saying, like, well, do you expect police to, like, just be okay with being berated and yell at it? It's like, yes. You expect your Starbucks barista to be okay because they messed up your your mocha choco frappe latte, but you <laughs> don't expect these people that, are, that have guns and are supposed to protect us to be held to an even higher standard than, a, than somebody who makes coffee? Because of history, we have the right to be afraid. But that casts a suspicion on us, too, because we're afraid just because of who we are. And we see these innocent people who have gotten murdered. And that's why we're afraid. But I guess to them, it means that we're doing something wrong because we're afraid of them. But that doesn't track. That doesn't work as an argument. It just doesn't. It's so systemic and generational and looking into the history of police in general in this country and everything. And Kind of like we were talking about earlier about wanting the next generation to be more free and to be able to express themselves more and uh, to survive, I would say, and to outlive us, right? Like, I feel like just so many generations have told their kids, straighten up and fly right when you're out in public because they're already discriminating against you, whether or not they're saying anything nasty to your face. You just can't be safe and you can't be free to truly be yourself if you don't have white skin. It's like, Things didn't just end once, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation came out. Like, that, things are not okay to this day. You have to act so much more safe and, like, protected and, like, you can't say what's on your mind. And even so, you're at a higher risk of getting in trouble and getting caught and getting killed. It's just, it's so crazy and it's such a huge issue. It's so much bigger of an issue than I realized growing up and going through high school and, like, learning about this historical stuff i'm like okay yeah that ended and then you know you learn about like the 50s and then you learn about today and it's like okay and everything's good now like look at this success story it was nice little bow on it racism's over everything's good but like no it's been such a long battle already and it's going to be such a long battle in the future to fix all these issues you kind of brought up at the beginning god's will about neighborhoods and resources and there's so many issues that are going to take additional generations to truly overcome and to truly create equality not just in police reform, but there's so many additional things that need to be fixed and that will take a lot of time and generations. There's just so much cultural change that needs to happen going forward. It's crazy. Even like the word reform and the word fix too, like it's a very, like we need to fix this is an easy way to say it, but like fix implies that if you change something, it'll be better. But you mentioned the history of policing in this country. Like if you go all the way back to the times of slavery you, if you look at it really critically, the modern police stemmed from groups of people that were sent out to capture these self-liberated people 
and bring them back to where they were. And those people were taken and enshrined as the police. So it's baked into the system. Even the Emancipation Proclamation, a lot of people are just like, oh yeah, Abraham Lincoln, he like freed the slaves. But like, that was not some altruistic thing either. Like, it's important to know this history because he was all about the idea of preserving the Union and bringing the South back into the Union at all costs. He said that if he could do it without without freeing anybody, he would have. And even suggested the idea of meeting with leaders of, of the black people in this country and just taking them and sending them home because he said it was trouble for them to exist together. Home meaning Africa, right? At yeah. this point, it, like, that's just yeah. such a travesty it's so insanely yeah. insane that like this is something that some group of humans thought was okay at some point they don't just get to go home to like some house it's like no they've been taken out of their home country forcibly taken across an ocean and then they're like well let's just put them back like it'll be fine yeah because now unfortunately these people who you stole do not have a connection to their home anymore because you stole them and now they've had generations that now know nothing but this country as their home, and you think the best solution is to take everybody and just be like, okay, bye. That's the thing, is that's the reason why allies are so important, is like, white people started the problem. We don't expect allies to apologize for the sins of their ancestors, but we do expect them to step up and help fix, and like, fix again, help topple what the system and build it back up as a system that, that is good for everyone. Not just black people, not just white people, but everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like, especially like with America, biggest America dream, like, has always been like, it's always possible for everybody to make it somehow, right? It's sort of wild that, like, now we've become sort of America where we are afraid. Before, we were like, we can send democracy to everybody and we can go to the moon and we can do all these things. Yeah, you know, now it's like, oh, I don't know if we have enough resources to to help those guys. I don't know if we can go over here. You know, we can't even help ourselves anymore. And it's sort of sad to see like what America has been like in that sense. Um, But I still believe in the the possibility of America where we can help everybody. Well, think about how heartening it was, like how like super cool it was to see SpaceX happen and see them launch that rocket. Like that's America. That's the America that we don't have anymore that we want back. Like this thing is like it's a place for equality. It's a place let take your broken, huddled masses like everybody belongs here. Everybody belongs on equal footing. Like look at all this cool stuff that we're doing because we're so cool. Like that's the America I want. Absolutely. Like, I want to be able to watch a rocket launch and be, like, happy about it, you know? Right. Like, unfortunately, our politics is what's sort of dominating us. It's sort of, like, putting us in a state of fear where we're now afraid to, like, try to go to the moon again. And we're afraid to talk to other cultures. And we're afraid to try to find a solution that can help everybody. Like, we're back in this defensive, like, oh, I got to protect my base. And if I don't protect my base, then no one's going to help me, you know? And we have to get past that but honestly i wholeheartedly believe that we have to get rid of the like the chief instigator like whose benefits to to keep us in the state of fear we don't get to have that fun just yet until we have like leadership and like a government that's like that cares willing to like sort of do these things without us having to have an eye on them and you know without us having to constantly just be like are you doing it now did you do it now will you do it now you know so yeah, we, we can't really get back to to growth until we stop this. Uh, how are we going to be able to, to move around while we're, all, we're hurting? I can't breathe. You take-
another thing that popped up very soon after the George Floyd murder was this concept of defunding the police, which if you just kind of look at it without context, like it kind of looks scary if you don't know what it is. It's a start towards something better because it's the idea that we're going to take money from these very overbloated police departments. We give the police so much money every year to handle situations that they are unequipped to handle. And it's the idea of taking the money that they don't need and distributing it amongst other programs in the community, like uh, educational programs, after-school programs, mental health programs, drug abuse programs, homeless assistance programs, and things like that, so that you take the issues that are actually causing all of these. If you distribute the money properly and assign people that are actually equipped to handle these issues, you stop that from becoming a problem before it starts, and then you have a more um, open and healthy community because of it. And the reason why you see so much pushback on it is because for somebody who has had like so much privilege for such a long time, even this much more accountability, like just this little bit of accountability feels like oppression to them. And that's the whole, that's the whole problem. They don't really understand what it's like to be oppressed. So pushing their privilege just a little bit feels that way to them. And also one thing I would like to say with that is like, we've been so indoctrinated to love the cops, although I would say the black community has always felt iffy about it for sure. Like, I mean, I've always felt iffy about them. I've never been like, oh, these guys are going to help solve an ongoing problem, you know, in a peaceful manner. I've always been like, these guys are like the last resort. But, you know, like I would say as a culture, we've grown to love cops, you know, with the the movies and the TV show Cops, right? Which got canceled insane, like for after like so many years. Finally, after 30 plus years, right? (laughs) I would say that's an important thing because... Like now it all seems like an attack on a hollowed institution. Yeah, NWA didn't make didn't make a song called Love the Police like they did. This. Yeah, right. <laughs> we would if they did their job right. Like they stopped, you know, they stopped ongoing crimes and like they helped more people than they hurt. Unfortunately, it's skewed. And, you know, and we've had other examples of the police getting defunded, the resources being used better in more smart ways. Camden, New Jersey did exactly that, where they took it down and they rebuilt it as a diff- as a completely different system, and now they're doing so much better. Yeah, it's like they say that that metaphor of like if uh, all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. Yes. It's like yep. if you are like trained on how to use a gun and you carry a gun with you all the time, like you might eventually want to use it or like have the instinct to use it because you get so much training and so much focus on it. But if you don't have that, you need to figure out how to solve problems with communication and empathy and like providing resources to the community. And the crazy thing is those guys aren't even trained with a gun well, mm-hmm. right? right? It'd be one thing if if at least they were trained like how to use a gun better, you know, like to not use it first. Not every situation even needs a gun brought to it. You can even expand that to just the police in general. Again, it's about like funding these other these other systems too. But like to go to go back to that like o- over the course of these last few weeks with everything that's happening, Again, we're always learning about things. One of the things that I learn is that a barber in this country has to go to school for longer than a police officer needs to be trained to do their job. And even then, they still allow police officers to start policing before they are finished with their training. And then I found a website where it was just like, look at all of these jobs that should not require as much discipline and training as the job of a police officer. We are giving them a weapon and are told to go walk the streets and police and, and, and apparently dispense 
justice, gang justice, basically. And it's that's the other thing, too, is just like defund and then force the people that are going into this role to have to take more classes and like get some kind of criminal justice degree and take more training. And like even just that little bit of extra stuff is such a deterrent for people who are not going to do it for the right reasons. It's like if you truly want to be a police officer and you truly want to do good, like you're going to do that stuff because that's what you want to do. Now you have police officers going to handle mental health calls and sensitive domestic abuse situations. One other thing that other people don't talk about is that a lot of um, people on the autism spectrum, and that's something that I'm very passionate about, get killed by police because sometimes they're nonverbal or they, they don't approach situations the same way as you or I would. And so all of these sensitive situations, because they don't have that training and because they're being sent in to do things they shouldn't be doing. Or really, anyone with any kind of disability, if you're deaf and exactly. you're not hearing them tell you to put the, that banana down or whatever, like, it, there's, it's crazy how many situations there are where it's just like, someone didn't immediately obey you, so it looked like a threat to you. Like, not to be on the side of the cops at all, but like, the fact that they have to be the judge and the jury every single instance when they meet somebody, and then the executioner sometimes, like, that's a thing that for like hundreds of years we've like been like, this is too big of a role for any one person to do we need to bring in like a jury of people to make these decisions and then that's a whole big complicated thing it's like no you have like a blink of an eye to figure out what you're gonna do are you gonna shoot this person or not like there's so much pressure on being a police officer i feel like anyone who has a good heart is gonna get out of that game as quick as they can and find a different profession because there's just way too much pressure there you see where the the corruption comes from i think and just how it's the wrong kinds of people in that role and not that every single person who's ever been a police officer ever wanted to be is a, a bad guy, but I feel like if you're staying with that, then there's something going on there that's not not healthy. We definitely need this whole thing to be revamped, you know? Like, I, I think, like, deep down, we all, we want defenders, you know? For sure, you know? for Like, for sure, like, the world isn't, like, safe and, you know, we can just do whatever we want, you know? People are still going to be people at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, we all, like, get that. But at the same time, not everything is Demolition Man, you know, like, where everything is just, ah, you know, we need <laughs> Sylvester Stallone to come out and just blow up everybody, you know? I, and unfortunately, I think it's, like, the sort of fear propaganda that's going on. Like, people outside of the situations think that the world is Demolition Man. They think that it's all on fire and the fire is going to come to our spot unless we have, you know, these big macho men who just shoot first and don't have to worry about asking questions. Just go, you know. But that's not how the world is, you know. And it's like we are seeing more more examples and more cases of places that use peaceful methods and actually like bettering the society to avoid you know the violence that they're afraid of you know we can do this it's just there's proof <laughs> yeah exactly there's app there's veritable proof you know done by people who observed it and knew how to write notes well right mm -hmm. uh we can make it through this it's just we need to get out of this fear of like the other constantly like it's the fear of like the individual and then also fear of like the group of people um and unfortunately it's so entrenched but this is fixing it, you know, having these conversations is fixing it, seeing what's happening on the TVs and like the protests are happening and looking at the history of what happened and why this is happening again. That's the way we're going to fix it, right?
and that globalization, seeing what what's working in other countries or other part of the world that like they've got a solution. We don't have to invent this from scratch. We can just kind of take what they're doing, maybe tweak it a little bit for our local area, and then we don't have these problems anymore. I'm sure there'll be new problems, but at least these will be fixed. Verifiable things like you look at like a lot of European countries and they haven't had police uh, police killing. Some of them ever, some of them haven't had, like, one since the early 2000s. Like, it's easy. Like, we have the groundwork to make this work. And it's just because of, like, the the roots of where this country has evolved from. People don't want to make it work. People want yeah. it to stay the same. And that's, that's the exact problem we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I would say that's finally starting to get reversed. It's not yet reversed. It's not yet racism's done. We're not yet there. But we're definitely on the way, you know. I mean, we the fact that we're getting so many allies like on our side, that's so much progress, right? And not only allies that are just bandwagoning, really, you know, like true allies, people who are there like in the streets with us, you know. You know, one thing that Martin Luther King said like was like the, the biggest problem to the movement, you know, like when he was in Birmingham jail, wasn't the Ku Klux Klaner, you know, it's not like the people who are overt with the racism. And unfortunately, he said, verbatim is the white moderate you know it's the one that's like hey you need to do it nicer or you need to do it at a different time or you need to do it this way in order for us to be with you and luckily we're getting less of that you know we've had so many people that are like you know what we're with it we're we're not we're not gonna wait you know might have been people who might have had pushback at the beginning now we're getting more people that are with it because at this stage in the game we don't need just people who aren't racist we need people who are actively anti-racist who are willing to fight and call out and 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 do these things with us like that's that's the thing like it's not enough anymore to just be like oh well i i i'm not racist but real quiet and things we need loudness we need you out there like that's that's the whole the whole point of it. The anti-racist thing. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That's from Ibram X. Candy mm-hmm. that I had mentioned before. Yeah, he had a wonderful interview on Think. How he explained what it meant to be anti-racist, and I think that came out like late last year, like um, like October 2019. So definitely give that a check, um, and it should hopefully explain what it means to be anti-racist because that's what we need more of today. Like less people who are just like hey man i'm not doing anything you know no we need people that are like hey i'm down to dismantle this system with you you know not people who are just sort of uh fair weather with it people who are really willing to vote with us talk with us you know not even like a lot i'm not even asking for like hey everybody (laughs) give me you know give me your money and then i'll be good no you know it's like it just is like hey are you down to i mean hey if you want to give me the money sweet <laughs> <laughs> right but you know it's 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 less of that you know like in that, that for sure that all is great but it's more of like are you down to talk with us are you down to like vote with us and like down to like really like do the things that will give us all power you know it's like not i'm not even asking to take away power from you in that sense i just want to be on the same footing as you so that way me and my people can be eating too right right and this change will happen at some point whether that takes a couple generations or a couple hundred years or whatever it's gonna happen and it's just a matter of are you gonna be on the right side of history or are you not eventually certain people will start to die out and like demographics will shift and it'll be like, okay, now finally we can all be like in peace on this issue, but we can start that change now and we can live to see those benefits instead of just pushing it off for Gen Z and their grandkids to try to solve. 
we can keep this momentum going and don't just let it be a trend, but make it be a lifestyle. Make it be something you think about every day and that you act towards every day and with every vote and with, you know, every dollar that you spend, support the right kind of businesses and stop following the wrong kinds of people on social media. There's just so much that you can do regardless of what you've done in the past. Start today and like make a change. And if everyone did that, like, man, it it would be amazing. That's really important to hear too, because it's very easy to get to like, to get so focused and like drilled down. And then again, we've talked about like the life balance and like doing good things for yourself. It's important to also remember, and, and it's important to hear that if you're supporting this movement, you are absolutely on the right side of history. You don't really think about that so much. You just think we need to do, we need to go, but you never really think about that part of it where it's just like, yeah, the history books are going to write about this and I'm going to be on the side that my kids, my grandkids can be proud of me for what I did to, to push this forward. I'm such a nerd that I always think about like Assassin's Creed, mm. like where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, all right, my great, great grandkids are going to play as me, I guess, <laughs> when, uh, you know, they're like, huh, how was 2020, right? Yeah. And then like a big uh, thing that like sort of motivates me is like, I hope my grandkids are like, or great grandkids or whatever, they get to see what my life is. They're like, wow, great, great grandpa. Godzilla was cool. He did the right thing, you know, like and he helped make it such a big deal, um, you know, and hopefully they'll excuse uh, some of the less savory moments in my life that they have to fast forward through. I don't know. I'm sorry, kids. <laughs> it's a personal thing, too, because like Andrew started this episode saying so many great things about us and like building us up. Right. And imagine generations from now kids doing the same thing for you and just like wow look at like these cool awesome things that this person did that's a positive side effect of 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 doing the right thing you know if we have grandkids someday they can just pull up our old social media stuff you know they can be like here's what my grandparents were doing during like when the actual black lives matter thing started to actually take hold it's just crazy that there'll be like actual you know evidence of that and like this audio file i'm gonna do like everything I possibly can to keep this on the internet for the rest of my life. Like it's, it's an important moment and it's just, I don't know. People can, can start doing something today, even if they haven't yet, it's better late than never. We still need more momentum and more people running alongside. Now I'm really hoping that like people who listen to this, like will definitely like have their minds changed, you know? I mean, this is historically significant stuff that is going to be archived in the future when, you know, generations from now are looking at like, what did we do? This is going to be stuff like this. And it is like everyone plays a part. We're making these history books now, you know, like, and it's going to be hard to change uh, what we did because it's all out there, you know, and the revolution is being televised right now, right? And we all have a part to play in it, right? You just dated yourself, Grandpa. You referenced books <laughs> and television. Everything's going to be all, all lasers. Back in my day. <laughs> I remember the Nintendo 64. <laughs> Man, Grandpa, tell me how it was back in the days of an early millennial. Wow. The 1990s. It was a wonderful time. <laughs> and the other, the other crazy thing, too, is that because of how technology has progressed, because of that globalization, because of the internet, because of everything like that, it is no longer, like, the phrase, the winner writes history, is no longer a thing. Because you can see what happened. Like, we don't have to be as like careful about anymore history is documentable 
and it's you can see it like it's verifiable at this point like like it's it was a lot harder back then with like textbooks and stuff like that like we we kind of have we have old documents but there was no physical like way to verify some of the stuff now now there is like technology has made things so much easier for for these kinds of movements and that's going to be so important going forward too it's like you can't hide behind anything anymore the the transparency is there whether you want it to be or not like no president in history has been like twitter has been like uh actually what this guy's saying is probably not the case like usually the presidents all look pretty good when you read their little blurb in the textbook but like I don't think this guy's going to be able to get away with that. Like, that transparency is there. You didn't even need Twitter to say that it looked yeah, bad, honestly, no, for this <laughs> guy. Like, this guy has been putting egg on his face since day one, unfortunately. Day negative 100. I don't know, bro. He's been going at it for a while. So, <laughs> so he's special in that sense. <laughs> but, you know, but I, I agree, though. Like, yeah. whereas, like, yeah, it's hard to not be transparent. Yeah, because it's all out there. What you said in 2012 is going to come back in 2020, right? And... I am sort of happy for that because it is sort of making us all be like, okay, I could get canceled for what I say. So maybe I should just say good things now. Maybe that could be a motivation too. If you have, you know, racist uncle or whatever, and you're always like, eh, he'll die. I can, I don't have to worry about it. But think about that. Like you might want to tell him like, hey, this stuff's going to be on the internet forever. Even if you stop, you know, you can stop saying it and have a change of heart now. Even just for that, like trying to save face and make your grandkids proud of you someday. Like just quit being racist yeah. like that's not the whole problem but change yourself think about like all of these people and all these businesses that have gotten dropped because they have posted very openly racist things on the internet and people like again amy cooper she got fired and like businesses like i know local but like i'm from ohio originally so it's another it's another place where it's kind of like eh. um lots of like businesses like local businesses that i grew up watching commercials uh, about people are dropping sponsorships for them. People aren't using them anymore. I have zero sympathy for those people. <laughs> no. We are at the point in history where we're calling these people out and we're not accepting it anymore. You love to see it. You really do. Honestly, yeah. Like, it is very satisfying, like, where it's like, oh, the, the consequences are finally having uh, their intended uh, due. You know, it's like, these are things that we've seen and felt for so long and now everybody gets to see it and then not only are people seeing it people are doing things about it like where honestly i do want people to be afraid of doing bad behavior towards other people you know i do want people to be afraid of you know doing things that like infringe upon the the rights and the freedoms and happiness of other people you know I'm even seeing it happen live right now on Twitter with somebody else, like where they did something bad. It's getting called out. There's consequences that are happening. It's happening like on faster than before. So, you know, it is sort of making us like, hey, how do we think? How are we thinking about treating other people? We're being conscious of it finally. You know, the, the Internet used to be like just like our 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 thoughts out loud. Now it's like, OK, maybe we should make sure our thoughts are OK. You know, maybe there is a problem in this sentiment I have, right? It's 2020. We're thinking about it now. <laughs> like, Finally. <it's> just... <laughs> one one last thing I guess I would like to say about 2020, you know, it's like, you know, we all like started this year like, yeah, this is going to be our, our year, decade, all that. Yeah. And I still honestly believe that 2020 is the year that we see clearly. We see like our faults clearly for once, you know, like as like a nation, as a world, as individuals and as people, you know, it's just is is the year we get to finally see clearly so you know i am grateful for this year even though it has been a hard year it's, it's yeah. been absolutely uh needed 
I I feel the same way about it too because it's obviously 2020 has been this meme, right? It's just like okay, what's what's uh, is this like? Oh, the murder hornets are back. Like, what's what's July's thing gonna be? And blah blah blah. And, but but like it's super important. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, let's just write 2020 off. But like we can't write 2020 off. COVID happened, and that was that was like so bad. But think about how much better we're going to be prepared for something else like this happening in the future. All the stuff with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all these other people. And like people are finally awake now. And so we absolutely cannot write this year off because like you said, it's the year that we, that we started to see clearly. I learned how to wash my hands this year. Hey, <laughs> think about all the songs that you that you remembered because they have very famous sections that are twenty seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> right? I would say this year has been great because of the amount of progress we've made, and you know, like yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's not. It's, you know, it started from a bad impetus. You know, like the the amount of pain that we have been feeling and you know, like a bad straw that broke our backs to make this happen. And yeah, like the, the buildup because of a pandemic that unfortunately has killed too many people. But, you know, there has been so many good things that have come out of this, you know, like I feel like we're finally moving on into a modern era, you know, or we're actually thinking about like, hey, maybe we can make the world a better place finally, one way or another. So I'm grateful for this time. Like, it it does suck, but, like, it is absolutely needed. I absolutely respect both of your voices so much, and it's been so great hearing both of you together. As a fan, it's like, I just have this cool mashup that i thought of and then like it happened and i'm like oh it's like right here oh my god this is so cool uh so thank you for sharing your opinions thank you for being yourselves and for what you're doing out there in the world but if the audience loves you which i'm sure that they do where can they find you to get more of that good good content i am uh sam versus sam i don't have a custom url on youtube yet i'm working on it but you can get there you can go to bit.ly forward slash sam versus sam um, to get to my YouTube channel, um, I am currently allowing myself to have fun again because I do make fun videos too. I'm going to have a fun video and then also still talk about this stuff because it's important. So check out my YouTube channel. And then Twitter is also Sam versus Sam. I post stuff there. Um, any project that I'm working on is going to be posted about on there. I may or may not be working on a very special writing project that I'm very excited about. So, uh, so stay tuned to that. I'm excited for that. Is, is this Sam vs. Sam, right? V-E-R-S-U-S. Um, either one will get you to the YouTube channel, but the Twitter is fully spelled out. Cool, cool. I'm trying to look that up right e. now. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was an absolute pleasure to, to talk with you on this. And, Andrew, your questions have been so good honestly like from the get i was like boom this guy's coming with fire and i appreciate that (laughs) we're going for it yes you know i'm grateful that we have an ally like you honestly you know even the idea of doing this like has been like so great to me and i appreciate that now i'm just like dang this was great i'm trying not to curse but (laughs) it was great (laughs) i used to not curse at all and then I feel like last year I started cursing. Anyways. You used to be such a good noodle. I know. I noodle. used to be a good noodle. And things changed. The streets the got fire hot. Nation <laughs> attacked. The Fire Nation attacked. The Fire Nation attacked. And then I, I, became, I became what I am today. But anyways, 
if you like what I am today, thank you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> my name is God's Will. <laughs> my name is God's Will. That's my real name. Uh, my full name is God's Will Ugwa Jr. Yeah, I have, you just have to preface with that. That's G-O-D-S-W-I-L-L-U-G-W-A-J-R. And you can find that on Twitter, Instagram, even Facebook. Yeah, you know, and then also I do a podcast too called That's Dope. Uh, where we talk about fun things. It usually always evolves, dissolves, no, devolves. I don't know what the right word is. It, we talk about One Piece a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we always just try to talk about dope things, whether that's video games, anime, uh, politics, mindsets. We had an episode about Islam because it was Ramadan. You know, just try to talk about dope things. And, you know, honestly, I need to have both of you guys on the episodes uh, pretty soon. But, you know, we just try to have fun with whatever we do, and we try to do dope things in the world. You know, that's sort of like my own creed of sorts. So, yeah. And I don't know, like, where all this is going to end up, so I'll do, like, a piece, too. We can edit it out <laughs> if we need to. But my name's Andrew Spawn. I'm at Spontaneous, but it's S-P-O-H-N-T-A-N-E-O-U-S. Wow, I should never spell it out again. But uh, on social media, the podcast I do is called Amusement Sparks. It's a casual amateur theme park design show. And both of these guys have been guests in the past. And maybe I'm, I was thinking, once they start doing, like, theme park design episodes again, I know you both are interested in Kingdom Hearts. Like, maybe we could do, like, a group of three thing or something. I think that'd be a good time. Right on. Also, Sam, I like your tattoos. I didn't get to say Thank that before, you, but, like, I've been that. digging your tattoos. Yeah, all the nerd tattoos. I was like, oh. <laughs> Well, hey, thank you for listening. I know this was kind of a weird episode, but just remember, no matter what happened in the past, what you learned, what you didn't learn, it's not too late to learn something new today. Like, just go to Sam's YouTube videos, like his most recent one in the links. There's so much research he already did for you if you're feeling lazy, but you're still ignorant. Go click on those links and you can learn for yourself. Like, that's an easy starting point. I actually specifically have a link. If you go to um, rebrand.ly forward slash SVSBLM, it'll take you to a playlist of all of my videos that I've done surrounding the topic. So if you want to just get right to that. Thank you for listening and uh, be part of the change, guys. Bye.